Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. You know this song? What is Take On Me by the Ahas? Well, aha. There's no S. Okay, aha. sorry, my bad. Good classic song, by the way. Yeah, it is. Do you play this at the games? Um I haven't, but I've heard, but I mean I've heard it played at uh, several my, weddings. Uh not at weddings, but I do know that my all the marching band from my alma mater once played this for a halftime show. Really? Did yes. you were you in that marching no, band? No, no, no. I was this was this is long after I graduated. Oh, okay. So you went there and watched and they did aha for a halftime show. No, they is, did no it was a I think it was uh uh, was the year? I think it was uh, '80s theme. So the song is obviously from the '80s. '80s, obviously, yes. Mm-hmm. And they go into a cartoon. Do you ever want to go into a cartoon and and see what it's like, <laughs> or do you live a cartoon life already? Definitely not the latter. Oh, definitely not the latter. So we're on here on eighty-eight point three WHTs after further review, talking about Michigan high school sports and kind of the impact it's been having on fall and winter. Travis Pant wanted to call in, and I. I guess he was walking the dog. Yeah, he said he was gonna. He said he would, would call shortly. I don't know if he just. Hopefully, um, his dog didn't start chasing after something. Oh, okay. But finish up. We'll, basically, this part will be finishing up the recap, and we're looking at some of the comments also on the live feed. I haven't seen Jordan or anything. Uh, yeah, he basically. He said he said not for us. And this every, year, every team in our league is a powerhouse. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I've said the. Southeastern Conference Red Division is the toughest basketball conference in the state. Really? But there's no more uh, Imani. I know I know Imani Bates isn't at Lincoln anymore, but they still have a lot. They still got some really good players there. Just imagine if Imani was still there, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, then pretty much when we play them, we would have, uh, there would be a circus show. Well, I know that's good, actually. It gets you fired up. I'm not saying up, it's bad. But, it's, I uh, mean, as a coach, sometimes and I, <laughs> I, I would feel bad for Jordan because the, Imani is a very talented player. And, you know, you're there to win. You're there to compete. But at the same time, part of you is like, wow, that's a damn good basketball player. And sometimes you just got to get your popcorn ready. Yeah. I mean, so Lincoln, I know, is still going to be a challenge for us. Ann, Ann Arbor, Huron, however, that that's the basketball factory. Oh, they're the factory. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Huron's a basketball school, mm-hmm. so I mean they they've bet they've been very good in Division One for the last I don't know how many years. I know that. So those are probably our two toughest uh, games. Celine, I know, is still going to. Is still going to be tough, even though they did lose uh, Griffin Yaklich and uh, I forget his first name. Uh, it was uh, Kim Barnes Arico's son. Oh, she has a son. Yeah, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, he gra- yeah he graduated. Was he so, good? Yeah, he was actually a pretty nice player. Okay, I mean she's not a bad women's coach, and I've seen her at plenty of clinics. Actually, <laughs> I think uh, Kim Barnes Arico was at the Michigan coaches clinic two years ago. That's when I met. Um, Jim B- Beeline, John, John, Be- John, yeah, John Beeline. I met him. Very tall man, but Kim Barrico was doing a clinic before him. Yeah, and she's like a like she's really hyper. Yeah, Small and I woman, do though. I do know that when uh, Celine was at Bedford last year, that she got thrown out of the gym. She did at yeah. Bedford. Yeah, why? <laughs> well, let's just say that she was running her mouth to officiating. Oh yeah, she she has a mouth on her. And I and I, I want to and I want to say it was uh, Steve Recksteiner who uh, had her thrown out. Really? Wow. I, I'm surprised I, I, I didn't make the news because yeah, I well I found this out from uh, from Ben Garman. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he told you because Mark is his dad, and but she should understand. Though. Yeah, it's like you're, you can't get you can't be that parent that. And the, wow, I, I I just want to know. She told the do you know who I am card and the and if I would have been there, I'm like, why? Well, yes, I do know who you are. Do you think you're that, an obnoxious parent who is being too loud? Leave my gym. Wait a minute. Let's say this. What if John Beeline? Was there? Would they have done that? Oh, well, let's say Jawan Howard was there, and let's say he had a son play because he did have sons, but they're they're all older now. Yeah, they're in college. But let's say he had a son playing, and he was acting like that. Do you really think he would have got kicked out of the game? If they would have got an autograph from him, come on. <laughs> Uh, he probably would have. Oh, if he would have been uh, using a certain word that starts with an F and ends in U C K, and I don't mean fire truck, then. Well, no, they wouldn't have said nothing. They would have been like, "Are you okay, Mister Howard? Do you need a water?" Or Coach Coach Howard, Coach Beeline, are you good? I mean, come on, let's face it. They, kind of, but then again, no. Like I said, you can't be harassing the referees. That's why we don't have referees anymore, especially in the state of Ohio. We have a shortage because of parents getting on the refs. But then again, maybe Kim thought she was at one of her Michigan basketball games, and a lot of coaches like to you know razz the refs. I'm not one of those coaches, though. I mean, I, I think there's more important things to worry about than referees making bad calls. Yeah. So, but her son graduated, so you don't yeah. have to worry about this this year at Bedford. Her getting on people, yeah. Unless she has a younger kid there, yeah. Who knows? And I know Pi- Ann Arbor Pioneer, Ann Arbor Skyline will, and I th- well, we'll probably be competing with them. And plus, we've got Monroe, our biggest, who's our biggest rival. Are they good? Monroe is not good. And basketball, are they good in anything? <laughs> uh. I know I know that in football they've been there's been years where they've had some decent talent. Mm-hmm. And but but I, bottom of the barrel. But in basketball not so much. Mm. Okay. Well, it, it should be an exciting year this year. I mean, 2021 is here and the season starts up for you guys. You'll only have a limited days of tryouts, limited days of practice time before you play your f- first game. I know we're looking at maybe January 16th when we come back, maybe a little bit earlier. I think we can't. The earliest we can probably play is after the 11th. So we're going to try to get in, in at least 15 games, and we've already played one, so we at least get 16 games in. It would be nice to play 18 to 20, though. Well, yeah, it would be. Now, I will ask you this. There is rumor that basketball might – do it like a baseball schedule where you could be in the tournament and play games at the same time, regular season games, so at least you get your 22. Is that a possibility in Michigan? I have not heard that, but I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think so? No. Okay. All right. I mean, hey, I guess it is what it is. And like I said, I was going to see if Jordan and Jared would chime in about the scouting aspect because that that is kind of an interesting thing. Like I said – I think it's important. But then again, I'm just one coach out there. There's probably some coach. Like, you know, like Mike Dan and, Dan and Tony's team, or D and Tony. Or Mike and Tony. Mike and Tony, because he don't coach no D. His brother coaches at Marshall. He doesn't scout. He just goes out there, we do what we do. <laughs> See, that... And then he makes adjustments through the game. I'm not. I I'm personally not crazy about that. I just think it gets the kids in a in a mindset. Sometimes it's a game that you might not be able to win, and you start start pointing out flaws of the other team and trying to you know boost your team's confidence throughout the week, and then you get to the big game. I think that gives you a little bit of edge when you don't do scouting and you're just kind of winging it. That's where you start getting the AAU blowouts. And and that's what it is, basically. You start getting AAU blowouts because, for one, you don't know anything about the other team. And a lot of times, some of the kids, let's let's face it. Now, I don't know if you guys can dunk in the layup line in Michigan. I know in Ohio they can't. Some people see that layup line, and it's just their mind just goes out of it. Yeah. Well, Jordan says going into a game prepared 100% gives you the ability to give your team its best chance to win. And, of course, to steal a line from Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Exactly. He's totally right. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he oh he said Jordan said the teams that roll out the balls and win without preparation are just really really talented like Blissfield and I and I I mentioned that though the, a lot of times in the league you got the first place team and the eighth place team more times than not the first place team if they got a really lot of loaded talent that year they without scouting they probably could win the game but 
Usually if you mix scouting with really good talent, it, it takes you very far. I think you need that. Even though you're going to win the league, I think sometimes if you've got a really talented team in the league, you're looking at bigger picture. Yeah, we can win the league championship, but we need to win some districts, some regionals, and a state championship. And as you know, as you get further in the tournament, you're going to be matching up against teams that can match up with you. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And and like and I know like Jordan mentioned, I'm not a fan of just – just roll the ball out there and play. Do like what uh, Roy Williams does at North Carolina. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. They don't roll the ball out anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then North Carolina last year. Did you see North Carolina last year? Not that good. Yeah, they weren't that good at all. I mean, yeah, I'll, but years, years I, prior, where, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but that's also could be said about Coach K teams. Yeah. You know. But all right, it looks like Travis uh, still walking the dog. Oh, I, okay. So, hey. Uh, Jared says they said you can play games after you're eliminated. So oh, so they do. They are going to do that in Michigan, huh? Yeah, he says he does. He's delegated more coaches to uh, to break down film and organize scouting. Graham Lassie is his uh, chief scout. Well, that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. I, I I I guess I could go on another tangent. I don't understand varsity coaches that want to do everything. They want to coach the JV team, the freshman team, do the scout. Uh, do the schedule. It's like, well, that's the point why you have coaches and scouts is so you can delegate the work so you don't have everything on your plate. I think if you try to do everything on your plate, trying to be the jack of all trades and the master of nothing just leads to nothing but a, a cluster and disorganization. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, but Jared's doing a good job with that. You know, you can't do everything. You can't wear every single hat. Yeah. Yeah, Travis just got back to his car, and or so I'll just let him know to call you. Okay, now what is what is Travis t- talking about here? I mean, you know, we've got some good conversation here, so you know, Travis better be on point with this. Once again, Frank is multitasking yeah. on the show, not looking at scores, but making texts. Yeah. So what is Travis talking about? Well, he, I just, I guess he just, he says he doesn't have much on the high school basketball, and I just said we're just talking about scouting, so. I'll just let him chime in, give his thoughts. What does Travis do? Uh, well, he is a he's actually a co- he actually coaches at Hillsdale College now on the baseball team. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he did. Did they get affected by COVID? They did. Their season got knocked out, wiped out. Uh, didn't it? Well, he he ended up taking the job. I believe it was this summer. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So he just got back to the car. So he's a he's a uh, baseball coach. Now Hills this is Hillsdale the college or Hillsdale the high school? College. Okay. Now Hillsdale has a great men's basketball pro and women's program. I believe they play in the G Mac. And I believe isn't Hillsdale Division Two? I thought Hillsdale was in the GLIAC. No, they left the, they're in the G Mac. Oh, okay. My bad. I, yeah, the GLIAC, you know, the GLIAC lost a lot of teams and they went to this new conference, which is the G Mac, which I'm pretty let me look it up. I'll look it up just to be sure. But I'm pretty sure Hillsdale College is in the G Mac. Let's see. Hillsdale. Aren't they the I forget the Chargers or something? Yeah, they're the Chargers. Okay. So we're waiting on uh Travis Pant to call in a little bit. Also, David the Man of God Harris should be calling in as well. Yeah, remember that one time that they almost, uh, Hillsdale almost beat a talented UT team about seven years ago. Yeah, they're D2. Hillsdale women just lost to Ursuline College. Let's see here. They formerly, yeah, they're in the great, they're in the great Midwestern Conference, the GMAC. Oh yeah, yeah. The Great Midwest Athletic Conference. Okay, so they were in the. I think they were in the GLIAC a few years ago, but then the GMAC came along. It looks like they got a nice little gym too. Yeah, they just had a sophomore, Patrick Carter Cartier or Cartier, December twenty first was GMAC Men's Basketball Player of the Week. Hmm. I noticed they're not wearing masks. I thought you had to wear masks during play up in Michigan. That doesn't affect college and pro sports. Not that doesn't affect college because I've watched, uh, I've seen several college games on TV. Right, they they don't. Don't. Michigan. Yeah. Co- I mean, coaches have to have them on. Oh yeah, that's it with everything. But in high school, don't they have to wear a mask? Uh, I want to say, I want to say they might have to, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I know the. I know uh, the coaches will have to. All right, that should be Travis calling. 
He has a 419 number? Yes. Oh, okay. So we got Travis on the line. What's up, Travis? What's up, Derek? How you doing? Good. How are you, man? Not too bad. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you all right. What you chiming in here, here on our, our little uh, recap of MHSAA uh, fall sports and winter sports coming back, along with basketball? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit impartial because being a baseball coach, obviously we missed, uh, uh, a whole season when this thing first hit. Um, I would like to see them just go straight to winter sports. I think, uh, well, wait, 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 wait. So you mean to take, wait, wait, wait. So you just want them to just kill fall sports, no championship, no nothing. They played, it's over, go to winter. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would, I, at this point in time, I think it's, there's already been two teams in Michigan who have opted out. Um, you got to think you've gotten this far, and now you got teams up in Michigan that are having to practice, and it's, it's 33 degrees right now, um, and you're having to practice outside, you know, getting ready for a game. Some, some games are being played indoors. I know that, but there's not enough indoor, you know, uh, places to play. So you're going to end up having to play outdoors um, after sitting around for close to a month now. And, I mean, you know how it is that you take time off, that that first pop that you take in a game, you know, especially when it's going to be 20 to 30 degrees, you're going to see injuries, you know, and, and it's just there's not there's, – that's just bottom line. You're going to see the kids aren't ready to play. Um, I know you get a couple weeks of practice, but, you know, a week and a half, week, whatever it is. But I just don't think it's, it's, it's safe for the kids right now. Um, I would like to see them hop right into, into winter sports and give them at least a couple weeks to practice before they start games. Um, I just think that's probably the best route to go as far as for the kids' safety. And that's, basically what this whole thing's about right uh, the safety of the kids that's, that's why they shut everything down in the first place well or else they'd be playing right now well the governor so i think i think, I tra- think travis that, travis i think that you know, injuries are, are going to be more prevalent um when when you take this amount of time off especially a physical sport like football um, and then you basically these small schools where the football team is basically the basketball team. Now, let's say a kid a kid gets hurt now, you know, there's no time to recover before you hop into the games. And that, that could affect a whole basketball season if you got, you know, if you only have 10 to 12 kids on a team and you're not cutting and you're, you're rolling with what you got at a small school and you have two kids out with an injury, a lingering injury from football because they came back after – Travis. Well, Travis, here's the here's the here's the thing. Um, basically, the governor shut down everything. I'm, I'm sure all the coaches would have said, "No, don't shut everything down." We're going through all our COVID protocols, and they would have played out the season. Now, this, with that being said, this wasn't like basically the safety of the kids, if the governor says, you know, we're going to have to shut stuff down, it kind of forced the hand of the MHSAA to say, okay, we got to follow what, what she's doing here. So, I mean, just like the Lucas County Health Department, they came in and they shut down the teams that were affected in Lucas County. 
for us to, to say it's for the safety of the kids. We know what the safety of the kid is, and we know that we've been going through the COVID protocols, and most of the kids have been safe. So that's kind of how their hand has been pushed. But at the same time, this is what you're dealt with. I think you know playing in cold weather usually that's how football is usually played, especially in late October and November. And when do you guys actually, Frank? If you can probably answer this question, when do you start playing? At the at the Ford Field, is it the semifinals and finals, or just the finals? Well, it's the finals that they play at Ford Field. Okay, so just the finals. I mean, and and during and if you're still a football team in season, you don't have to practice outside all the time. I mean, let's face it. I've seen situations where either it's in inclement weather and they've gone inside to practice and work on different schemes, uh, especially if it's a storm outside, or teams that do compete late into November. Have practice inside, so I mean, you get a couple of days outside, a couple of days inside. But as you said, Frank, there's what three more games left, maybe. Yes. Yeah, there's only three more games left, and more teams just get eliminated. And by the time you get to the state finals, you're playing indoors. I mean, it's just how the this is just how the times are. Well, Travis, here's something yeah. that I'd like to ask you, since you're the baseball coach here. I have kind of been in the camp that they should push spring back just a couple of weeks because. Peaks just to so you're not having to cram winter in such a tight window, and then that way you could still finish up spring by the end of June. But I've had people say, "Well, then you're going to have baseball players opting out to go play high level travel ball." I just want to know what your thoughts were. Yeah, I think that's exactly what my thoughts are. Um, you push if you push spring back, you got to think these kids have already lost a full season of baseball. Some of them, you know, haven't played high school baseball. Some of them haven't played baseball in over a year. You get the smaller school kids that maybe aren't playing travel ball and just, you know, might start at a small school, but maybe just because that's the hand that you're dealt at a small school. You know, not everybody's playing 60 games of travel ball. So I think if you push that back, and then the thing that you run into then is graduation. Um, You're already playing districts after graduation in it can be tough to make sure, you know, practice times, everybody can be there. Once kids are graduated, some kids go get jobs. Some kids, you know, working for the family, you know, whatever it may be, you always have to make adjustments when it comes to when the seniors are out of school. So I think, you know, make an adjustment after, after graduation. If you push that back another two weeks, now you're talking about playing two weeks of regular season baseball on top of the other three to three weeks to five weeks post-graduation you know that's that's going to be tough for for some kids you know who absolutely don't love the sport but might just play it because it's something that they've done they've they've played with this group forever you're going to lose interest and and you know me as a coach I firmly believe like waking up being on a schedule waking up early being on a schedule definitely helps you um, when it comes to when it comes to any athletic event, you know, you'll see a kid's performance diminish if he's not keeping that strict schedule and he's used to playing. You know, waking up for school, going to school, getting out of school, going to practice, going whatever. Instead of you know waking up, rolling out of bed at eleven o'clock noon, you know, eating something you know small whatever, and then sitting around playing video games to practice. You'll see that you'll see that start to affect some kids. So um, I'm not a huge fan of pushing spring back, just because of that reason. And like you said, kids, some kids, you know, you get these small schools where they might have one or two guys who are legitimate, you know, college, you know, college baseball players who they're going to go play with with their travel team because they're surrounded by you know 12 to 14 other legitimate college baseball players. So you're only going to get better in that sense instead of playing, you know, at a, at a school where you might have two good players and then they're surrounded by, you know, 12 to 14, you know, mediocre to, to not mediocre, basically baseball players. And, and you're going to get better. I think playing the travel ball. Um, I know obviously a lot of kids want, want to represent their school and, and, you know, win games for their school, but you're also going to run into kids who are already signed who, you know, might be thinking, okay, the, the travel ball is probably my best my, my best option to get ready for next year 
in fall when I'm going to college. You know, it's probably with the facilities and everything that, that travel ball has now. Um, I just think that you're going to see a lot of kids go that route. Well, so, uh, most, most athletes are creatures of habit, so you, you're right. That does happen a lot of times because we, we have mentioned that on this show. But basketball faces the same thing. Basketball's in the same situation. Think about it. Jordan and Jared's season got pushed back. Now they're trying to get yep. in here and cram in some games. But when March hits, they start trying to do travel ball tryouts. You you think that that kid's going to do that? I mean, let's face it. They're going to be like, well, let me see here. I, I, it's a lot of kids, especially in Michigan, a lot of known, like the family and, you know, Bates fundamentals, yep. they didn't do anything. So now kids that probably can have talent to play in the, on those teams, you think they're going to be like, well, I'm in the state tournament trying to really compete for something. You know what? I should just leave yeah. and just go go do a tryout. I'm gonna quit the team and go try out with the family <laughs> or the Bates fundamental. If that's the case, me as a coach, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'll just find someone else because to me, it's like you you know what this is. You, you commit it to it. If you think that's the better opportunity for you, that's the better opportunity for you. But then again, though, it'd make me a little suspect about the kid. Was he really all in bo- on board with the team, or are they all about themselves? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, you're gonna run into. 16 to 17 year old kids that are having to make decisions like this and it's not really right you know um because they they might think one way and they're going to have their aau coach telling you okay well you know you should do this you should do this and then you have the high school coach who's telling you you should do this you should do this obviously no kid wants to cross either one because both of them have probably helped them get to the point to where they're at um but they're forced to make that decision and so I just think that you're putting kids in a tough spot, you know, when we've all been 16, 17-year-olds. You know, it's, it's, you don't make the best decisions at that age. So you're going to see some kids that don't make the best decisions. And, and I just think it's going to come down to if you're, really, if you're really trying to play college, you know, a college sport at the next level, what is going to help you prepare for that? You know, because at this point in time, you don't have a lot of time for, to prepare for that. You know, it's not like you've had a regular season of any sport thus far. So whatever can help you prepare, and that's basically going to be on the kid to choose. And it's, like I said, that's, that's a tough call. Um, for any kids, so yeah, but see, I think I kind of think Travis, you're sitting there saying, "Well, we pushed back the season two weeks, and this caused all of this." Think about it. Jared and Jordan's season got pushed back two months. They were supposed to start in the middle of November. They're starting in the middle of January, and then now they got to cram in all these games. I think to me, if you're already talented, you're already a next level player. What difference does it make if you play on a college team or a travel team? You, they, they're, 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 the team's going to take you no matter what. We, everybody knows you. You're a coach. You know who's the next level yeah. talent. You already know who it is. And if they're really on a competitive baseball team that can make a state run, usually that team's going to have some pretty good talent on the team where it's going to be high level high school players to maybe, you know, D2, D3 baseball players, maybe NAIA, and then you're going to probably have a couple D1 guys. I mean, you know, I, I think it evens out, but I think just only pushing it back two weeks. And I know Michigan, you guys go real late for, for baseball, which is kind of crazy. Ohio yeah. tries to end around, around the graduation time. And I do see what you're saying that, you know, kids lose interest after graduation. But at the same time, right. though, it, you know, I you, the, the major thing is you lost the season, which I think losing a season is more hurtful for a kid than actually yeah. starting two weeks late and actually showing what they can do during the high school season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is I think that you got to kind of throw the spring sports a bone just because we lost the full season, you know. And me being, you know, we won a state championship in 2019. Okay. And we brought back back a full team in 2020, basically, losing one one or two guys. And it's like we didn't even get a chance to play a game with that team. At least you're still kind of doing at least you're still the state champs. Well, I mean, at least yeah, you're still. I mean, technically, yeah. <laughs> technically, we are, but you know, it's like I just think if a kid can play basketball, you know, for another season, whatever, however long that season may be, sure, that's that, that's great. I just think that you got to throw a bone to these these kids, um, just basically because in a lot of the the D ones, um, you know, the recruiting. 
they weren't allowed to recruit this whole summer. Yeah, same thing with and basketball. A lot of, and a lot, and a, yeah, yeah, and a lot of D2s. So, um, they, if you play, you know, if you can play a basketball season, but they played their juniors, let's say their seniors this year, they played their junior season. So you know kind of who to look out for. Where in baseball, you didn't get a junior season if you're a, a 2021 grad, you know? Right. And that if you sit back and now, because who knows what's going to happen with college baseball, you know? If we're playing games, that's a lot of a lot of time you're playing games during the high school season, and then you recruit kind of during travel ball or the tournament during you know high school season. So you had somewhat of a time to recruit them uh, in basketball as a junior, where basically you're you were kind of an unknown if you were like a bubble guy, like an NAIA D three baseball player, you were kind of a bubble guy. To where you know you didn't get a you didn't get any exposure on the high school scene as far as baseball goes, and now if you limit that again, those bubble guys who could possibly make a, a NAIA D three you know team, where you know they're, they're not going to get any looks in front of, in front of college coaches. No, um, I think that's the way stuff lines up. You know, yeah. It is. Now, can you tell me, Travis, how long does travel baseball go to? Is it till August? Uh yeah, yeah, right around there. Um, probably late July, around there. Most most travel balls are, are probably late July, I would say. Okay, so when do you guys start up? Um, so because you're almost uh, on a schedule like summer travel basketball summer travel basketball starts yeah. around april goes april may has a break in june because you go back to your regular teams and then july yeah. is the last month and the big really the big recruiting month yeah yeah so where the high school season in michigan ends the last weekend of june um and then so but travel ball kind of starts around that same weekend most tournaments start that same weekend so Unless you're playing the state championship, you're probably playing travel ball. Um, so um, I would say probably last weekend of June to, to August. Last weekend um, of June. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and Jordan Chip chimed in and just said, you know, that's about 1% of high school athletes that play college sports, which which is true. They're 1% of the yeah. 1%. Um, I guess maybe I'm old school. I like travel basketball. I think it's great. But when you play for your school, it's like almost like playing for your country. You know, you, you represent yeah. that school oh. and you want to – and it's special. I mean – who cares if you win the travel league, baseball or basketball league championship? I mean, yeah. most people want to be a state champion because the town loves you. You know, they put a big picture up in the school. They, I think that's more monumental and sentimental for me than a travel basketball or, or, or baseball team, yeah. which you can join a little bit later if your team is talented enough to get farther in the state tournament. Because by most of the time, think about it. Yeah, you're a talented player, but if you're getting knocked out, what you guys do quarterfinals first, or what is it, districts first? If you're getting out knocked yeah. out in the first or second round, then that doesn't really pertain to you. No, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And I think that with you know we're a little bit older, so we we see it a little bit differently. Travel ball, as far as baseball or basketball, wasn't wasn't what it is now okay. when we were back in school. So it's like these, they, you know, these programs. They they got it all, you know. They 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 these kids get to travel to to Georgia or Florida or wherever, you know, on the weekends, and and you're paying, you know, parents are paying, you know, a couple thousand dollars for kids to get on these teams, and and you're treating them like they're big leaguers, and um, <laughs> so it's it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game now. Oh, Travis, so uh, don't you have to, better. Travis, you don't have to tell me. I, I'm in basketball. I know how it is. <laughs> It is a whole different yeah. ball game, but a whole different type yeah. of parent too. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and you got and you know basketballs. There's kids hopping teams. Yeah, there's kids playing for one team one weekend. You know, another team next weekend. And their teams are flying kids out to you know Vegas or whatever to to play with them for a weekend or whatever. So when you get that sort of treatment, you know it's like okay, do it. Do I go? Do I go play in in my uh, dusty old high school gym, 
and, you know, get knocked out in districts? Or do I go, you know, play with a bunch of guys, you know, that are have the same mindset as me as far as our goal is to go play college basketball, baseball, whatever. I go play with those guys who have that same mindset as me, and I go travel around the, the United States. And, you know, that's going to see I, – I, that's what's going to kind of happen, I feel like, more this year because there's states that are more open and allowing you to do more. So people are going to travel to those states and they're going to, you know, go play where there's less restrictions. Right. And um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I feel like it's just more decisions that kids have to make, you know, and, and um, it's, I don't know. It's kind of a mess right now. I would like to see all sports have some sort of a season, but, um, and that's why I feel like I would like to see winter sports start up, you know, just as long as we can get it started up because look what's happened to football. You know, you push it back, you start, you stop. Now you want to start again. If you do that to, if you do that to basketball, then spring sports are looking like they're not going to happen. And then yeah. you get kids that are making that decision early. Like, okay, I'm just going to go play travel ball. And then as a high school coach, you don't even know what you're going to get. True. You know, I coached at Division Four school. I didn't know who was going to show up to tryouts until day of trial. You know, if you get that, and some of your best players don't show up, like a like a shortstop or you know a catcher or something. You got to teach a kid how to catch in you know a week before your first game. And then you you know you just it's just a lot it's just a lot to deal with the more you start juggling around. So I'd like to see winter sports start so that way you know it's a little more cut and dry okay we're we're because they say they're starting now you know they've already changed the date a couple times they're supposed to start you know the beginning of january now it's the middle of january and everything keeps getting pushed back and football was supposed to start at a certain date and they couldn't because of testing and it's just nobody really has like a real concrete answer on anything and i think that really leave spring sports in the blind right now because all they're saying is, yeah, we're going to start on time, but is that realistic? You know, they said that about, they, they wanted to say that about winter sports too. And look what happened. Well, I you think, know, so. I think that for, for winter sports, they can't stop. You know, you, you're going to have to come out with no. a plan and say, you know, this is the plan we're sticking to you, the, the virus Technically, he's been around for a, a year so far, so you kind of know what, yeah. what to expect out of it. You notice that the outdoor sports, the, the coronavirus, kind of the numbers dip while in the winter. And we're kind of, even though it's January, we're kind of getting into the tail end of the, the spike or so what, of flu season and coronavirus season, so to speak. So hopefully winter sports doesn't stop. I didn't. I don't really think they should have stopped the, the fall sports in the first place in Michigan. And no, then plus no. they started late. But, I mean, that's just the, the things you got to deal with up there. Um, as far as uh, travel basketball, uh, they do have a rule where you can't just play for any team. You can only play for teams where that state borders your state. So it's called the LeBron rule where one year okay. LeBron left Cleveland or Akron and played for the Oakland Soldiers out in Vegas. Yep. So no, yep. you can't you can't do you can't do that in basketball. If you're in Ohio, you can only play for teams that are in Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia and Kentucky. Now, you know, obviously yeah. you get a plethora of of, of, uh, of states you can go to, but then again with Michigan, you can only do Ohio and Indiana. So And yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, the UP count? Yeah. I guess That's part so. of Michigan. Yeah, it is true, which really should be Wisconsin. I mean, I never understood why Michigan got that. But, Travis, tell us what you're doing right now before you get, we get you off the line as a coach. Well, what I'm doing right now? No, 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 not right oh. now in the car, but as a coach. Okay. Um, so I'm helping out at Hillsdale College uh, right now, helping out with the pitchers, uh, assistant pitching coach. Um, it's my first year in the in the – doing the college thing mm-hmm. um definitely a whole different ball game than where i came from as a division four uh head coach um you know deal with with 22 guys 22 pitchers only instead of i didn't even have 22 kids in my program uh, where i came from so it's definitely a definitely a, a whole different world where i'm at right now but i'm loving it well, you um, now you with the big boys. That's what it is. When you get yeah. to college, is a different different level up there. You with the big boys. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a 
definitely a whole different level. I just thought after my season got canceled in uh, 2020, just thought I might start looking around and, and seeing what's out there. And, you know, I put my application out a couple of different places and uh, probably more than a couple, um, but I decided Hillsdale was probably the best fit for me right now. And I'm just learning a ton, just taking it all in. And like I said, it's a whole different animal, uh, the, the college game. Um, I'm still learning, still learning. It's kind of go from top dog where, you know, I was the head coach at Summerfield for six years, won a state championship, um, and kind of was the grounds crew, head coach, you know, strength and conditioning coach, whatever. You know, I was kind of everything in the program. And uh, we didn't have a JV team. We just rolled with 15 guys and in the whole program. And now, like I said, dealing with 22 guys who just pitch and you know uh get to focus on just pitching instead of every other aspect of the game has been kind of was was it just was it just you at Summerfield or did you have other coaches because we just mentioned earlier I think sometimes for coaches it's good to delegate and trust your coaches than trying to do everything being groundskeeper scorekeeper the announcer (laughs) the umpire you you know or you got to run the JV and freshman team you just the varsity coach obviously you got to deal with you know with other now at bigger schools, a lot of varsity coaches also have to deal with you know reporting to the AD and also dealing with fundraising. So I think it's yeah. always good that you put trust in the other coaches and delegate. Yeah, see that's the thing where I was at um, really small school, um, and when I got there, they had a JV program, but I kind of did away with it um, just because <laughs> I thought um, you know more. We were keeping a lot of kids to feel the JV team mm-hmm. that were never going to help us on the, at the varsity level. That's true. So I would rather keep 15 kids who I think are going to help us. And I don't have to, you know, I don't have to basically lie to and tell them, Hey, we're going to keep you around for two years. And then once it, once you become a junior, there's probably going to be a freshman that comes up behind you and plays. And then, it's basically like, well, I wasted my time, you know, for two years for you to bring up a guy behind me. And I felt like that's kind of the route that we were going just because you only have so much time. And, mm-hmm. and I, I had some younger assistant coaches who actually played for me, mm-hmm. who um, I was basically teaching them along the way too. So having to teach them and then teach, you know, 15 JV kids, how to walk and, and catch a ball and, and throw a ball and all this stuff. Um, it was just a lot, you know, and I just felt like it was kind of holding our program back um, just because I only have so much time, especially indoors, and there's only so much space. Um, so you only get a certain amount of practice time, and uh, I just felt like it was kind of holding our program back as a whole to have the JV team, um, and, you know, just because – the JV team was basically made up of guys who hadn't played baseball in years or it was their first time playing baseball. Ooh. And we did it through field, you know, a field of team. And then the competition at the, the Division Four level for JV is basically what you would see at a decent middle school at a Division <laughs> One. Um, so that's kind of what I ran into. I made the executive decision to say, hey, uh, I think it's going to just benefit us as a whole as a program, the varsity level to do away with the JV program because there wasn't one time when we had the program for two years that I brought up a JV kid um, because if you were good as a freshman or sophomore I was taking you um, because I wanted you to learn from me firsthand on an everyday basis what the program was going to, you know, the culture the program, what we were going to do on a daily basis um, in-game situation, and so um, I didn't want to be juggling kids back and forth. So. so it got to be a lot. I tried to take the JV team and practice with the varsity, and when you have 22 guys and you're worried about a guy catching a ball coming in from the outfield and getting hit in the face or, you know, just because they're not at the same level, um, then you're kind of worried about safety and, 
So yeah, you never, you never, game Travis, game. you never win when JV plays against varsity because one varsity is supposed no. to win. Then you're worried about, you know, safety in your instance. And then it, it, let's say one year you do have a really good JV team and they beat the varsity. Then, then what? You know, <laughs> and you yeah, just yeah, never yeah. win. No, no. So I, I, I did away with that my first year, and uh, like I said, I had some young guys who were, who were. I basically just wanted guys who were going to show up. Um, show up on a daily basis, you know, and and kind of just embody the culture that we wanted at, at Summerfield um, and just some laid-back guys who were willing to learn because I was still learning too. You know, I got the head job at 22. Um, I was still in school. I was, you know, still in college. I was actually the director of basketball operations at Lourdes at the time when I got the baseball job. So mm-hmm. I had a lot on my plate. Um, so having guys who were going to be there every day, even if it was just to get practice started for the first half hour. So, you know, if I was running late or whatever, um, they would be there. To, and so I, I took some former players of mine that had graduated in my first two years, made them assistants because they knew what I wanted. Um, so if they could just preach and teach what I wanted, then, then we were going to be all right. And it ended up working out. In the end, like I said, we won a state championship in my fifth year. Um, we broke the school record for wins. We, we did a we did a lot in in the, the last three years I was there. From when I got there, they had won seven games in the previous three years combined. Um, so we won a district in our first year, and and we kind of built on that. Um, but yeah, it was it's it's tough finding finding good assistants. Um, they're willing to coach for no money um, because that's basically what you're doing. The good staff um, is hard to find. Basically volunteers. Well, that's that's hard to find. So. Well, Travis, thank you for calling in so much. We had the life lesson music on because basically you gave us a life lesson on how to build up a program and. Uh, you made the good thing you made that executive decision to get rid of the JV team because you're basically selling the kids false hope. <laughs> and there's some coaches that yeah. do that that just fill the team to fill the team, and the kid thinks they're going to make varsity, and it's like oh, that's not even really in your future because you already know there's a younger kid coming up on them. But I like how the fact that you know you use the word you know we broke the world you know record. Some coaches like to use the word I. No, no, I did I did nothing. They they played every single. Every single inning of every single game, I didn't play a single one. Um, the kids bought into basically. I just I just filled their heads up with we were the best team in the state for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you give when you give a kid that that confidence and you back them regardless of what happens. I mean, we lost to during that season when we won a state championship. We lost to a team that was 0-16, wow. and we played them in a doubleheader. We beat them twenty to zero the first game, and we turned around and lost to them the second game. At that point in time, we were number two in the state, and you know, as a 16, 17 year old kid, you think we lost this. You know, we're done. We we could we could lose to anybody. You know, and that that is the case. But you got to preach to them that hey, you know, everybody has a bad day. You know, you're, Michael Jordan was the greatest to ever do it. He still had a bad day. You know, and it might not have been in a game. It might have been at a practice. He could have had a bad practice. You just, They just caught you on one bad two-hour period. You know, you're human. So um, preaching to them that they were the greatest, you know, to do it basically uh, went a long way because I was always straight up with my teams. Um, if they weren't very good, I told them, hey, we're not going to be very good. You know, because if, if you tell them, hey, we're still going to be the greatest, and then they go out there and fail, then they think that they're failing you. And not just themselves, but they're also failing the coach. And, you know, so I was always straight up. We would have a preseason meeting, and I would say, hey, this is what I think. Win total, you know, as far as if we're going to win a district, a regional, whatever. I was always straight up with, with my teams, and I said, hey, this is what I think. And then I would leave the room. They would make goals based on what I think and what they think. We would come back in and we would talk about it. And that year, I said, hey, I think we can win a state championship. And I said, I think we can win, you know, 30 games. I think we can do this. I think we can do this. And, as you know, I took a picture of the board 
I walked back in and goal number one was win a state championship. And I took a picture of that, that board and we used that, you know, as fuel um, the whole tournament run. And we we basically blew out everybody. Mm. So it was a, it was it was a fun ride. I just had a special group of kids that would buy into, you know, what I was saying and, and they just worked relentlessly at it. And no, we would have five AM five AM lifts and you know, show up and, you know, we, we would have fun, but, you know, they, they worked their tails off. And we would practice seven days a week and, um, you know, they, they loved it. They just loved being around each other and, you know, they really bought, it, bought into to what, to what we were trying to build as a culture. Well, Travis, Travis, thanks so much for calling in, man. We're going to get on to these other segments, but you really gave us some golden nuggets on there. And make sure you check us out. I hope you should listen to the segments on the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Oh, I I definitely listen. Frank's my guy. So now you actually have Travis actually has a segment now. On eighty three, I got, I got. Uh, see, Travis, I promised I'd get you on, and I got you on, my man. So we'll. Hey, hey, I, lo- I love it. I, I, I'm down to come in anytime. So once we get to spring, you guys want to talk some more baseball? I'm all about it. You all guys right. want to talk college basketball? I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about that too. So. All right, Travis. Thanks yeah. for calling in, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. You too. That was Travis Pant. He's an assistant baseball coach, pitcher's coach at Hillsdale College. And he was telling us about how he was LeVar Ball and spoke the state championship in existence, basically. I mean, he was. He was like LeVar Ball. Only not as only uh, he actually had results. Results. He got the results. He he got the results. He did. He got the results. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, We got the NFL pick them. We got the results for that. I got to do that. And wait a minute. College football recap, don't we? Hmm. Yeah. Is David calling in? He said he would, but apparently uh, he's not. Okay. Well, then we'll just uh, do college football recap, NFL pick them, and then we'll be on out of here. This is an 88.3 WTs. After further review, and uh, we'll take a quick commercial break. Good segment from Travis Patton. A lot of golden nuggets, man. Like it. Listen, we'll be right back after this. As always, though, always have our life lessons. <laughs> 